Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. I want to speak to you today about the voices that surround your deliverance. Did you hear that? The voices that are going to surround you in your deliverance. The voices that surround you in your deliverance. Thessalonians 5 Verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved complete. There are voices that are going to be operating in our life in the spirit realm, in our soul and in the flesh. And you need to understand these voices if you are going to come into a place of deliverance. I know about you, but I want to break through. I've got things in my life that are defying me. But guess what? I've got a head like a brick wall. I've got a spirit that's tenacious. And there's some things I've been wrestling with for years, but I will not quit. Is there anyone else with a spirit like that? Good, good, good. But in our breakthrough, we've got to understand that there will be voices that surround us. In our deliverance, there are always voices that surround us. How many people hear voices? Now I want you to turn with me to Exodus 14, verse 9. We're in a season, church, where I believe that those who are passive and those that water down the gospel, they'll be taken out. But those that stand strong and are aggressive in their faith, they're going to shine. This will be our finest hour. So if you've got Exodus 14, 9, it says the Egyptians chased after Israel with their horses and chariots. It was a fearsome sight. The Israelites, there was 500,000 men, there were women and children, there were a multitude of people. They're being chased by the Egyptians from one side and in front of them there is a sea, the Red Sea, and they're stuck. It's a... Very, very difficult time. In fact, this time, this, this occasion is one that if you read the Old Testament, everything points back to that occasion. When they talk about the power of God, they remind themselves of what God did in the Red Sea. The same in the New Testament, we go back to the cross and the resurrection. The Red Sea is a pivotal mo- moment when it seems like all of the enemy is coming against God's people. It's a showdown. They had a day like that. And as Pharaoh drew near in verse 10, the sons of Israel looked. Now there's a, there's a thing. It's really important how you look when the enemy comes after you. What, what is it you're seeing when everything's coming against you? And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And the Israelites became very frightened. <laughs> you would too, in the natural, if you saw these Egyptians armed to the teeth coming after you. You've got kids. And you've got no escape. And if God doesn't come through, you're all chop suey. It's all over Red Rover. <laughs> so we read these things and go, oh, but this is, this is real. These, these people are coming to kill you and all your family. They're frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, it's because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us here to die. How quickly we forget the breakthroughs of our past. 
And every time we face a new challenge, we've got to remind ourselves that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why have you dealt with us this way? Bring us out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we spoke to you? We told you in Egypt, leave us alone that we would serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians to die in the wilderness. There's a thought. I'm not preaching on this, but think about that. Is it better to serve the enemy than to die in faith in the wilderness? I don't think so. I'd rather die in faith, believing for a breakthrough, than to live a life believing for nothing. Wouldn't you? Then they said to Moses, I would underline that in my Bible, because there are three voices in this passage. And when you read the Bible, we are looking for connections, for things that repeat themselves, because God has given us clues. They spoke to Moses. Who spoke to Moses? The Israelites. The Israelites are like lightning rods of everything that's taking place in the natural. They are our emotions speaking to us, and they are constantly speaking. Are they not? Our emotions are picking up everything today. How many people are here today? What's gone on before? What am I facing? Our emotions are constantly interpreting our circumstances, constantly speaking. These are voices that you need to deal with for your deliverance, your feelings, your emotions. Do they speak to you? Anyone have emotions that speak? But Moses spoke to the people. The people spoke to Moses. Now Moses is speaking to the people. That's the second voice. He said, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord for what he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians that you've seen today, you will never see them again. These are lying emotions. He is speaking to the people. Our emotions speak and now Moses is speaking. The people speak, now Moses speaks. Do you see this? Then the Lord spoke to Moses. They spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to the people. God spoke to Moses. Can you see this? There's three voices in every deliverance. The voice of our emotions, the voice that we have that speaks to our emotions, and the voice of God that speaks to us and tells us what to do. These are the voices of deliverance, the voices that surround us in our deliverance. They said, but I said, and then God said. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? You tell the children of Israel to go forward. You lift up your staff. The staff of the rod was a picture of his authority, his ability to speak the word of the Lord. And you stretch out your hand and you speak to the sea and part it. The voices that surround our deliverance. Do you see this? The voices that surround your deliverance. The voices that surround your deliverance. Being aware of the voices that surround your deliverance. The voices of the natural realm, body, soul, spirit. So understanding them and perceiving what's being said from the natural, our internal voice, our ability to lead ourselves in the midst of an emotional world. And then the voice that comes from God that gives us the authority to break through. The voices that surround our deliverance. And they said to Moses, what have you done? You've made this disastrous decision. Oh, we all are so aware 
of emotions and circumstances. There are days that I wake up maybe like you and there are fogs, there's a fog over me and I don't know why. There are days when you go through the day and it feels like your emotions are all out of skill. And it's not just women, it's men. We all have emotions. I know it's a surprise for some of you women, <laughs> but us men have emotions too. We may have them suppressed, but they're there and they're highs and lows and, and we're being... We're being manipulated by emotions and voices about our future, trying to discourage us, separate us. And all along we've got this desire to do something great for God, but all these voices are speaking to us and shaping us. The devil's a master of manipulating physical circumstances to get us off our course of life. The longer man went out of the garden... In the Garden of Eden, the more he was shaped by the circumstances and they became his God and not God in heaven. Because, you know, when he went out of the garden, his spirit man died and, and, and everything was perceived through the natural senses. And so the devil knew if I shift that because he's not being driven by the spirit, he's not listening to the voice of God. If I manipulate his circumstances like a, a puppeteer, I can manipulate him. Just do this. And you'll get that outcome. It's like a dog, isn't it? If you give him a little lolly or tablet or whatever it is that you feed your dog, it'll wag its tail. And he knows that. He knows if I just if I cause this person to come across his path and be nasty to them, if I drop off, dry out these these uh, this source of income, I can get them to get angry and disconnected from God. The voices that surround our breakthrough. I talked to you about, again, from Ecclesiastes 10, verse 5. And you may want to make a note of that. Remember when I told you about the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, who said, I've seen this amazing folly where servants are on horses and princes walk on the ground. Do you remember that? He's saying there's a picture of the prince who's leading the horse and the servants on the, on, on the horse. What is he saying? He's saying... That many, many believers, their soul is sitting on the horse and their spirit man is on the ground. It's out of order. They're, a, they're actually out of alignment. They are being driven by circumstances. My soul's picking up those circumstances, those surroundings. It's, it's reading them and then setting the course for my life. And my spirit man that's in tune with God, that, that sees the greater outcome. Because we all know today, in hindsight, that they crossed the Red Sea. Did God know they were going to cross the Red Sea? Absolutely. So if all the Israelites had been in tune spiritually with what God was doing, it was the biggest mouse trap ever set. He was setting up Egypt to die. And if their spirit man had perceived that, they never would have gone astray. But... Our souls are riding on the horse. And they're picking up and the spirit man's just being dragged behind. Circumstances, emotions. And they're constantly speaking to us. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David is talking to his soul because like your soul, his soul didn't feel like blessing God. Have you ever woken up and not felt saved, not felt happy, not felt like blessing God? Have you come to church 
and not felt like worshipping. I'm ticked off with you, God. But David understood that his soul was not the vehicle to bring leadership to his life. It doesn't have the ability to interpret always what's going on according to how God sees. It doesn't have the grace, the gift. See, the soul is created to locate ourselves on planet earth to locate circumstances but not to define them are you hearing that its job is to say yes that's true the egyptians are coming i can see that but it doesn't have the ability to define the outcome only god does so if we don't function in the realm of the spirit and stay in tune with god we will misinterpret most of the events in our life and one of the ways that david dealt with the voice of emotions when the primary ways was in the words that he spoke. He took authority over his soul. Psalm 21, 23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. He spoke to his soul. When you're feeling depressed and isolated and downcast, the greatest way to deal with that is to speak to it. Right, you? I've had enough of you. Pull yourself together. You will bless the Lord. I don't feel like it. You will bless the Lord. People may think you're crazy talking to yourself. But you know what? It's the greatest form of leadership is to gain authority over the voices that surround your deliverance. Speak to them. Acts 20 verse 24, Paul says, None of these things move me. If anyone had adverse conditions and the ability to have emotions he preached to people they'd praise him one minute and stone him the next and you thought you had a bad day he lists all the things that he goes through in life yet he says but none of these things move me the voices that surround our deliverance are you aware of the voices that are surrounding your deliverance do you go through life and just let all the voices just do whatever they like and never stand back and say, what's going on here? Are you actually thinking about what's going on inside you? Where are these voices coming from? What do I do with them? How do they shape my future? The voices that surround my breakthrough. Paul says they don't move me. Matthew 7 verse 15 says, beware of false prophets. And the greatest false prophet is not one that you know comes in into your midst and he's you know, wearing odd clothes and smells like he has had to wash for a week. The greatest false prophet of, of, is that which is inside your head. And it says they come in sheep clothing, but inwardly they're like wolves. And that's what happens. These emotions, they, they want to define my future. And it looks right. It feels right. Yes, I should feel sorry for myself. It looks like... It's covered in sheep's clothing, but on the inside of it, it's the enemy trying to take you out. Emotions are belief indicators, not truth indicators. They tell me what I believe about a circumstance that may be right and may not be right. We need to understand that just because you feel a certain way, just because these emotions are voicing something about your circumstances, it doesn't mean it's right. They said to Moses, and you're going to have to deal with emotional voices in your life. 
If you're ever going to progress in the things of God, and they will speak to you every single day. They said, they said. And if you read this story right through the wilderness, they said. And most times they said they got themselves in trouble. But Moses said, verse 13, But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you will keep silent. Did you hear that? There's a time for you to say, emotions, be silent. (laughs) You're trying to get me in trouble. Emotions, be silent. Fear not, he says to his emotions. In, uh, the gosp- sorry, in the book I wrote, Finding Peace in Troubled Times, it deals a lot with the emotions of fear and anxiety. And Moses speaks to his emotions and says, be silent. You know, I wrote in that book, God can't speak to you when you're uptight. It's an amazing thought that your emotions can block out the voice of God in your life. And it will feel like God's not saying anything at all. And I write write about in this book, I've been through seasons of incredible turmoil and stress and anxiety where there were knots in my stomach and I feel like, felt like I could, you know, I I wish that the rapture would come. I was just so frustrated and and, and in pain and what's going on? Obviously, you've never felt like that. But I discovered in those times one thing that God didn't speak. Was it because he didn't care? No, it's because my emotions are drowning out the voice of God. It's when I'm at peace that God can speak. And I had to step back and say, okay, God, I don't know what's going on, but I'm asking you to take away all this fear and anxiety and stress so I can hear you speak. And the moment you do that, all of a sudden you begin to hear what's going on. These people were surrounded by a spirit of fear. They had to come to a place where they could hear the voice of God and get a strategy for their life. And some of you today, you may be filled with anxiety and stress. What you need is to hear the voice of the Lord. There are voices that surround your breakthrough. Fear not and stand still. Fear not, stand still. Fear not, stand still. Be quiet. Fear not, stand still. The restlessness of the human heart is evident on Facebook. Imagine if Facebook was around those days. You know, we would be getting all these little, you know, people taking selfies and, you know, look at me, I'm about to die. You know, it's such a mirror of the human heart, the restlessness of take notice of me, look at me. It's restlessness. We've got to get to a place where those voices are silenced. The attention-seeking is silenced. Stop it. Stop it. So you can hear the voice of God. Thus saith the Lord, less time on Facebook and more time on your knees, and you'll get the voice that you need. So these people, these replies on Facebook, most of them are silly nonsense. I'm not saying it's bad to do you know, Facebook, but a lot of it is rubbish. It's like, really, really? Is that the best you can come up with? Get before God, 
He's got a strategy. He will show you the way through the Red Sea. He will. He will. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation. He's speaking to himself and saying, right, be quiet. Don't fear. Don't be restless. And begin to look. See, that, that word, see the salvation of the Lord, is not a passive word. It's not like, all right, all right, do your thing, God. We're going to watch. Let's all see the salvation of God. Let's see God do amazing miracles. Yay! It's not a passive thing because Hebrews eleven twenty nine 29 says that by faith, they went through the Red Sea. Faith is not passive. This scene's not, okay, let's see what happens. No, begin to see the salvation of God. Begin to see what God's up to. Let's see how we can partner with God to get through this obstacle. See. Seven times in Scripture, it says, what do you see? And in the midst of all the voices that are going on in our head and around us as we're trying to break through, Moses says to the people, to his emotions, to all that's going on around him, stop, be silent, stand still, and begin to look. Begin to see. Begin to see beyond. See into the realm of the Spirit. Holy Spirit always works with vision and words. Genesis 15.5, Genesis 17.5. Vision and words. He changed Abraham's name so he would speak differently. He got him out of the tent to look at the sky so he would see differently. Stand still and begin to see. And for some of you today... God wants to take you out of the current vision that you have. So when we get surrounded by circumstances, we start looking a certain way. We start feeding ourselves a certain way. We start getting into a certain mindset, into a groove. And if you stay in it, you're going to end up in big trouble. Get out of that. Stop. Speak to your emotions, your lying emotions that say it will never change. Speak to them. Stand still. Be silent. And begin to see what God's doing. God, I'm not moving until I see what it is that you're doing. Because you've got a plan. Let me tell you something. God has always got a plan. God has always got a plan. Nothing takes him by surprise. He has got a plan for your breakthrough and deliverance. The voices that surround our deliverance. They said, now Moses speaks. He speaks to himself. You've got to speak to yourself. You hearing this? Yes. You've got to speak to yourself. Amen. Somebody has to. Yes. <laughs> and wives don't like listening to their husbands and husbands to their wives sometimes. But you've got to speak to yourself. You've got to say, okay, these voices are not doing me any good. They're leading me on a spiral out of control. The enemy's coming in trying to take ground. I've taken ground now. He's after me. They had a breakthrough. Ten signs and wonders they had, they'd robbed the enemy or, or taken back, sorry, from the enemy everything that they'd been stolen from. They come out with this loot of gold and silver and now the enemy's after them again. And that happens to us. We get a breakthrough. Maybe you just got saved. Maybe you've had a breakthrough in finances, whatever it is, and now he's after you again. He's coming to press and take back the ground he's lost. And the voices are rising up, so you need to speak to them. This will not be the end. And any time it looks like that it's at the end, know this, that God's setting up a mousetrap. Always. Always. The cross looked like the end. It was a mousetrap. If they had have known 
It says in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2. They never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Because all they did was put a seed in the ground that bore a whole lot of seed. You'd keep the seed out of the ground so no more seed could grow. But they buried the seed and they got you and me. (laughs) So it's not the end. Whenever it feels like the end, it's not the end. I write about it in the book. It's not the end. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You can make your bed in hell. That's the worst day. You can be up in heaven. He says, wherever you are, I'll be with you. I will never desert you or leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you. And if God is with you, it's never the end. There's always a way out. And not just a way out, a way out that brings misery on the enemy. you got to understand that. You will, if you keep listening to the voice of God, you'll never get to a place where God can't break through. Isn't that exciting? And the deeper and darker it looks, the bigger and more mess that God's going to create on the enemy. Because at the end of this story, we realize that God is setting this all up to bring great glory to his name. And you may be in a deep, dark place, but let me tell you what, God can do great things for you. I've seen God take people and their lives look so bound and oppressed and messed up for years. And God's transformed them to the glory of his name. And every time I see people like that, I say, thank you, Jesus. You are a miracle working God. They said, Moses said, God said. And God said in verse 15 to Moses, why are you crying to me? I'm crying to you because they're crying to me. There's a time to speak to our emotions and get things right, but then there's a time to take authority. He says, you tell the sons of Israel to go forward. And as you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea, you will divide it and you will go through. As for me, I'll do my bit. I'll harden their hearts. I'll make them chase you and then we'll drown them. (laughs) Go forward. He's just told them to stand still. Stand still, go forward. Stand still, go forward. Which one is it? It's both. We stand still. That's spiritual order. We stand still so we can go forward. We've got to stand still first before we can go forward. You can't go forward till you stand still. You've got to deal with those emotions, deal with all that stuff, and now you go forward. You can't go forward if you haven't stood still. A lot of people try to go forward and they've never stood still. Just a thought. And use... Your staff, that staff is a picture of authority and the authority comes with the word of God. He's saying, reach out your hand. Use your authority, Moses. This is a time now to release my voice. The voices that surround our deliverance. Their word, my word, now God's word. See, it's a two-edged sword, isn't it? I speak to myself and then I speak to my circumstances. Faith has a voice. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith. According to what is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We also believe and we speak. It's the same spirit of faith for every generation. You have to believe something and then speak. And I'm on my bandwagon again today. But it's because it's, it's on the heart of God. God's people need to speak. They need to speak. You will get taken out if you don't speak. Speak. If you're not speaking the word, 
Listen to this. You're not in faith. Oh, I'm a man of faith. Really? Are you speaking the word? Is it in your mouth? Is it being released? Faith moves mountains. There's only one way to part the Red Sea. And it says in Hebrews 11, by faith, they crossed the Red Sea. Faith uses the word of God. And every day we have to stand up. We're going to deal with those lying emotions, speak to ourselves, and then begin to proclaim the word of the Lord through our circumstances. Mark 11, 22 to 24 says, have the faith of God. What's the faith of God? The faith of God is the faith that speaks to our mountain. It says, be removed and cast into the sea. And we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe the things that we say will come to pass. We speak. Are you getting this? I don't know why that in so many churches, God's people are silent. We should be the noisiest people on the planet. We should talk more than anyone else because there is power when we release the word of the Lord. Quiet people who say nothing are operating in passivity and they surely will be squashed, <laughs> saith the Lord. Did you hear that? Yes. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 says, listen to this, it says, As long as a person is a child, they are no different than a slave even though they are the heir of all things. Do you know the word child literally means one who cannot speak? As long as you are one that cannot speak, even though you're the heir of everything, you'll be no different than a slave. They said, Moses said, and God said. And they crossed the Red Sea. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You've got to speak. I know you've heard it before. I know you think, well, I've heard that. Well, you may have heard it, but you're going to hear it again. You've got to speak. You've got to speak every day. Well, I have spoken. We'll speak more. He says to Joshua, you've got to hide the word in your heart and your mouth. You've got to meditate it and speak it. And then you'll make your way successful and prosperous. You've got to speak. Did you hear that? Proverbs 12, 6 says, The mouth of the upright will deliver them. James 3 says that the tongue is like a rudder that directs the course of your life. And if you're going in the wrong direction, you turn the wheel and you begin to steer it in the direction of your words. I'm depressed. Well, then steer it into another direction called life and blessing and hope. Well, you don't know how hard it is. I, I do actually, but you've got to turn the wheel. You've got to turn the wheel. Well, it's not that simple. It is. Grab the wheel and turn it. Oh, yeah, but I've got, I've got strongholds over this wheel. <laughs> I've got a stronghold too. The greatest stronghold in this city is the Holy Spirit, and he will give you strength. Turn that wheel. He says, I set before you life and blessing. Sorry, blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. You've got the ability in every circumstance to make a right decision. The man who was demonized with more demons than you can poke a stick at. In fact, there were so many demons in him. When they cast out the demon, Jesus cast a demon. Those demons occupied thousands of pigs. There were more demons than you can poke a stick. One demon's enough to send you crazy. This man had thousands of demons inside him. Thousands. Cut himself, 
tall himself, naked, crazy. And Jesus comes and the man kneels before him and worships. It tells me that deep inside the human heart is this thing called the will that is powerful against the enemy. The enemy is saying, you will not. You need to say, I will, I will, I will bless the Lord. I will turn this wheel. Man, I can't. Yes, you can. You can. God has created you powerful. Just the human. Taking out the God factor. Just put a human on planet Earth. He or she has the ability to make right choices. Come, Lord Jesus. You must have. You got born again. All of hell didn't want you to get born again, but you said, I will. Did you not? Satan gave his greatest shot at you before you got born again. It's all downhill from him now. Do you get that? Do you really get that? The fact that you're born again means he's powerless. He gave it his best shot and it's all over. So you can say, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Do you get that? I will. I know for some of you it's a revelation because you thought, I can't. I'm here to tell you, you can. So you've got to choose. I'm going to go forward and this mountain will move. He says, why are you crying to me? You tell the Israelites to go forward. You lift up your voice. He puts it all back on us. I thought you were the miracle working God. I am. But I'm going to do it through. You move forward. You reach out your hand and you begin to speak. Well, I've done it before. We'll do it again. Speak. Speak. Keep speaking until the Red Sea parts and it shall pass. You're going to have to make a decision. I know for some of you it's like, oh, he's playing with my head. I'm not. You've got to make a choice. Am I going to be defeated? Am I going to be depressed? Am I going to live in victory? Am I going to live in happiness? If you're in lack, make a decision. I will not live in lack. Well, it's not that simple. Yes, it is. Why are you crying to me? Move forward. Speak. I refuse poverty in my family. I refuse it. It's fought me, whacked me on the head a few times, but I keep getting back up. I'm the polystyrene man. <laughs> you can push me down, but I'll pop back up. You'll get tired eventually of pushing me down because I keep popping back up because the Holy Spirit is in me. The word of the Lord's in me. I'm moving forward. The way of the wise winds upwards from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I have something in me that, that is designed to win. It's in my DNA. It's called victorious faith. Jesus said, don't be surprised about tribulation. You'll get tribulation. So don't, don't, don't be surprised about, oh, oh, it's some resistance. Oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, oh, I thought it was going to be easy. He says, don't be surprised, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I put something in you that will always rise up. It'll look like it's the end, but it's not the end. You will get through. So go forward and speak. Speak. Psalm 118, I love this psalm. David said, the Lord is for me, I will not fear. He's going through tremendous pressure. He said, the nations surrounded me like bees. They were buzzing around me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. He lists all these things that are going against him, but he keeps saying, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. And you see this, he spoke to them. He said, oh, yes, they were coming. They were buzzing and biting. And I was afflicted. But I stood up and I said, you will not have victory over me. And in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. 
And sometimes you just got to get out of bed and say, in the name of the Lord, I cut you off. Yeah. Who are you speaking to? See, the Bible says the words that we speak are spirit and they are life. Yeah. Oh, it looks like I'm just speaking to the wall. If you walked in when I was doing it, you think I'm crazy. But I'm doing something in the realm of the spirit that's shifting what's happening in the natural. Because I realize that what's in the natural is subject to change. These circumstances, the sea, is subject to change. If I operate at a higher level, I speak. Decisions today. Moses, go forward. Speak. That will bring a manifestation of God's goodness your decisions to speak will affect destinies. They will determine allegiance. They will establish agreements. They will reveal to heaven and hell who you're aligned to. They will release angelic hosts, as Vanessa said today. Your decisions to go forward and speak. They said, Moses said, God said. Your emotions are speaking to you every day. They're not going to stop. Just get used to it. They will speak. They'll speak through the newspaper, the TV, circumstances, your bank balance, your body, whatever. They'll keep speaking. They'll speak, 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 speak. But Moses spoke. He said, circumstances, you will not define my reality. He spoke. And then God spoke. Moses took the word of the Lord and parted the Red Sea. Voices that surround your breakthrough. Voices that surround your destiny and we have to be aware that there are voices all around us and if we begin to take authority over those voices and speak the word of the Lord everything begins to change and I'm here to tell you by the spirit of God not to remain silent I don't know if you hear the the passion or the intensity of the heart of God in this matter to not remain silent. I don't know that you've heard me. Don't remain silent. Don't remain silent. You've got to speak the word. Well, how many times? Just keep speaking. Your job's to go forward and to speak, to, to hold the rod. God said, I, I will harden the heart of Pharaoh. I'll draw him in and I'll bury him. Your job is to go forward and to speak, is to declare the word of the Lord and not entertain the voices of Israel. They will always squawk and complain. And every time he allowed those voices to rise, it got him in trouble. Moses didn't get into the promised land because he reacted to the voices of the people and struck the rock. And it pained God's heart because he wanted Moses to be in the promised land. And because of the way he reacted to his emotions, he lost his promise. And I want to say to you today, if you allow your emotions to cause you to react, you will lose the promise that God has for you. So we speak. So we speak. We don't whine and complain. Oh, we'd been buried if we had been buried in Egypt. At least we had graves there. Really? You're the same bozos that were crying out to God saying, get us out of here. Don't you remember? See, emotions are liars. I was so much better before I met Jesus. Really? Really? I was so much better before I began to tithe. Really? 
how short-sighted we are, how forgetful we are. Emotions lie. They colour. And we are not to be led by them. We are to take control over circumstances and emotions and then begin to speak the word of the Lord. Church, I implore you to not remain silent. When you come into the house of God, let there be a sound of the Lord, a shout. So that's what Paul says, when you come, let everyone have a hymn, a psalm, a spiritual song. He's not saying, let's, let's have karaoke and, you know. <laughs> right, you know, who's next? He's saying, when we all come together, we've all got a sound in our voice. Not something we made up for Sunday because we've been singing that sound and declaring the word all week. And when we come together, it's like an atomic bomb. Because we've all been speaking and shouting. Now you know I'm a little bit shy. No, you're not shy. That's a lie. There's no shyness in the kingdom. That's, that's a lie. That's a false identity. Well, I don't like speaking out loud. Well, my friend, if you don't, you're in big trouble. Because faith parts the Red Sea. And faith is always spoken. And as long as the heir is a child, they're no different. If you won't speak, no promise. You can't get born again without speaking. I'm just going to imagine myself born again. No, you've actually got to speak. There's power in your words. Listen, to deliver you from the kingdom of darkness, translate it into the kingdom of his son by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Your mouth unlocks the spirit realm over your life and repositions you. How do I know that's true? Because on the flip side, your emotions are constantly after your mouth. And the enemy's constantly after your mouth. So too is God. So we give you our mouth, Lord. We, get, we, we are aware of the voices that await us as we're about to part the Red Sea. We silence the emotions, the lying circumstances. We take authority over our life and we speak the word of the Lord. They said, Moses said, God said. Isn't that good? So why don't we do that today? I, I want you just to lift up your hands. And if you're listening on podcast or watching on YouTube, you can do this as well. We thank you for watching those on live stream. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you're listening to my voice today, the greatest release that you can have is, is, is the call of salvation. And you ask Jesus into your life. You believe in your heart. And you confess him as Lord and Savior. And the Bible says, if you do that, you shall be saved. So, Lord, I pray for those that have done that today. That you would fill them with your spirit now. And seal salvation in their hearts. You said, all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for salvation. Wherever this sound goes out, let salvation come to people. And I pray, Lord, for those that are saved, but they're being taunted by emotions and circumstances and lying voices. I ask today, Father, give them the revelation that those voices must be silenced. And they can silence them by using their authority. Moses said, be silent. And so I ask now, Father, that you would... Give them great strength. And those where their emotions have been so out of control, I ask now by your spirit that you would come 
in your divine power and strengthen them. If that's you today and your emotional life and circumstances have been leading you on a merry dance, lift up your hands high and receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He's here to strengthen you with supernatural might to enable you to overcome and to dominate every lying emotion and circumstance. I take authority over the enemy who uses circumstances to define our position. And I bind your work in Jesus' name. And I pray today, Lord, that all of your people would lift up their hand and begin to speak the word. Every Red Sea that is before your people shall be parted. And I declare that, Father, every Red Sea, every barrier, every blockage, every dead end, every, every wall of resistance that's defied them, we speak to that now and we say, breakthrough. Jesus, you are our breakthrough. Your angel goes before us. Breakthrough, Lord. You are the great and mighty God. You are Al Shaddai. You are Jehovah God. You are the beginning and the end. You alone are almighty. And you have at your disposal the holy army, the angels of the Lord. And they go before us. They go into battle. And we're facing sickness and disease and lack and, and issues, Lord, that we can't break through. We ask, Father, go before us. We speak your word. Lord, you sent your word and you healed us. We speak the word of Jesus into our circumstances. We release the spirit of faith. And I speak to every passive heart, every heart that's downcast. I say, rise up and declare the word of the Lord. You are mighty. You are powerful. And the word of the Lord in your mouth is able to save you and redeem you and restore you. Has he not quickened a word into your heart? Has he not made your mouth like a two-edged sword? Has he not enabled you to release? Release a word that would shape your destiny. You are not powerless. You are not unable. I have put my word in your mouth. My word is able. My word created the heavens and the earth. And he would declare again today, I am the God of all flesh and there is nothing too hard for me. I would say unto you today that the nations shake at my voice. The trees shake. The mountains shake at the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord, of the Lord on your mouth is the same voice that is in His mouth. He has given you His words. And they are mighty to save and to deliver. And we receive your encouragement today, Lord. We receive your might to deliver your word. I thank you. In Jesus' name. So go with your people. Strengthen them. This week, Lord, cause them to grab a hold of your word and to declare it, to use it as a weapon. I ask in Jesus' name.